Hello, and welcome to episode 71 of the Medical Device Success podcast and videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. Thanks for listening or viewing today. I really appreciate it. Today's episode is Strategic Planning for MedTech Part 1, and I'm approaching this two ways. One is related to your personal strategic plan. The other is related to a company's plan or a functional plan. And when I say functional, I mean that one department has decided to create their own strategic plan in the absence of a company-wide plan. Would you believe that only 23% of companies follow a formal strategic planning process? And companies with a strategic plan are 12% more profitable on average. The big med tech companies like Johnson & Johnson and Medtronic, Boston Scientific, Abbott, you name it, they're already in the final phases of their 2022 strategic plans. What about the small to medium-sized companies? What about you as an individual? Today we will cover assumptions, the SWOT analysis, which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. We will also cover opportunities and gaps. And finally, key goals and objectives. In part two, I will cover strategies and tactics and execution of the plan. This is important because 90% of companies with a strategic plan fail to execute them. Not good. I will be using slides, and for podcast listeners, I will try to clearly explain my progress through the slides. There is a way you can get copies of the slides. You have heard me talk about the MedTech Leaders community. This is where MedTech professionals get together to help each other out with best practices, problems, solutions, and ideas. You can learn more about it at medtechleaders.net. A free copy of the slides will be posted in the MedTech Leaders community. There is a very low annual fee, and there is a free trial. It costs less than four Starbucks coffees, maybe closer to three. And why charge anything, you ask? It's to keep the spammers out and cover basic community costs. I guarantee you I'm not making money from the community. It's more of a passion project than a profit project at this point. Well, let's move on to part one of strategic planning and see if we can contribute to your company's success and or your personal success. Okay, I'm going to share my screen so we can get started on the whole strategic planning process and the first component of it here in part one of strategic planning. So here's the first title slide, which is the strategic plan. And the next slide after that, we're saying, we're starting with a quote, a goal without a plan is just a wish. There are lots of quotes like this. You've probably heard one before. This is by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who is an aviator and writer. So a strategic plan can be effective in numerous situations. And this is the next slide with several bullets. And the first is your own personal plan. 
or it could be a personal business or career plan. Example, a strategic territory plan, if you're a, a sales rep, for example, or a region manager, let's say, that has several people reporting into him or her. It could be a company-wide strategic plan. That's the best thing. And then it could also be a functional strategic plan. For example, let's say uh, an R&D department, research and development, wanted to create their own strategic plan in a company that did not have a company-wide plan. And I did this once for a company that, believe it or not, was $50 million in revenues. They did not have a strategic sales and marketing plan. So we created one. The company did have an operating plan, which is a little different than a strategic plan, but our plan was the first example of a strategic plan, and it really did set a good example for the company, which did start to incorporate more strategic efforts in the future. So the next slide is, what are the elements of a strategic plan? And there are several. The first is assumptions. We work on assumptions first. Then we go into a SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, or something similar. There's other analyses like this, and they have different names. Key goals and objectives is the third item. Then there's also key strategies, strategies and supporting tactics, and then applying the plan to headcount and budget. And finally, which I don't have a bullet on this, but then it's actually executing the plan. That's very important that you do that properly, and we'll talk about that in part two. Today, we're only going over the first three bullets of the elements of the strategic plan. So assumptions, SWOT analysis, key goals and objectives. And we're also putting in sort of a sub-bullet in here on looking at the possibilities and the gaps after you've done the assumptions and the SWOT analysis. You'll see what I'm talking about here in a few minutes. What's the best way to create a strategic plan? First of all, you want team participation. You want the team to own it. And the only way they'll own it is if they contribute to it. So a CEO and, a, and or a COO could initiate a planning process, possibly moderate it, but all the while they need to try not to influence it. Now, unless it's a very small company and it's just a small group of people, then that's probably not such an issue. Where it does become an issue is if the CEO, let's say, is the founder of the company, let's say it's a small company, and is the inventor of the product, founder of the company, whatever, and has too much invested that they might not be able to see the forest for the trees. In that case, a consultant might be able to act as an objective moderator, and that might be the best way to go. And it's not too expensive to have a consultant come in, you know, for several sessions to moderate and to help gather information together from different parties and help assimilate it into a plan. It'd be a great investment. So then you want to create a planning guidance document with milestone dates, and you want to set up a planning calendar that shows when meetings will be taking place. So everybody's on board. They know when meetings have to take place. They know when strategic planning assignments must be completed. If it's a company-wide plan, let every function start with how they view each element. And then you bring the functional leaders together 
to share their results and combine the results where appropriate. So first, for example, you start each function approaches the assumptions and the SWOT analysis. They get that done. Then everybody, all the functional leaders get together and share their information and create a bigger picture of assumptions and a SWOT analysis for the whole company. That is a great way to do it. And I guarantee you that if you're in sales and marketing and you see the manufacturing people come in with their uh, assumptions and SWOT analysis and the R&D people in and the quality, you will learn a lot about how these people view their world and your world, and they will add a lot to the whole strategic planning process. It'll be very, very interesting. Functional leaders then take the combined results back to their teams and get their teams together and work on the next element in the plan. So that's how you you go forward. You start with a couple elements, get the functional teams to work on it. Functional leaders put it all together as a group, and then they go back, share that information with their functional team, and then they start working on the next element. However, functionally, you can do this on your own. So if you're, as I said before, if you're in a company where there is no company-wide plan and perhaps not a lot of support for one, you can still do one functionally. Nobody's going to stop you. If you're a good leader, you can just say, hey, I want to put together something that we can follow throughout the year, and this is our plan. And then you can share it with the other functional leaders. Maybe they'll take the cue. Maybe they'll start doing something similarly. Um, maybe the head of the company will take the cue. In any case, you can still do it functionally and it'll still have a lot of value. If this is a personal plan of some sort, find a trusted person or mentor that can review your progress on the elements and give you feedback. And then you might even consider creating a mastermind group of colleagues or fellow sales reps that you can put together where you share this whole process and make yourself stronger as a group by being willing to share where you're trying to go and, and the different elements of the your personal strategic plan with other people. It can be very motivating. And in the MedTech Leaders community, we have an area of mastermind groups. So somebody could create such a group there. So now let's move on to assumptions. Assumptions can be internally oriented, primarily they're external. You don't always have a lot of control over assumptions. And so, for example, what's the economy doing? And what is, and especially related to the financial well-being of your customers. So you need to take a look at that. What's happening in terms of regulations with the FDA that might affect your products anything that you're going to bring to market or products that you currently have on market. What about reimbursement? How is that affecting your products? And is that going to change as Medicare changes its reimbursement one year after the other? In, in the case that we're in now, what about the pandemic? How is that going to affect your company going forward? Supply chain. We've heard a lot of talk about supply chain right now, and a lot of companies, including in MedTech, are affected by it. Will that affect you going forward over the next year or two? What's your competition doing? 
And then what about the security of your intellectual property? Is that going to change over the near horizon? Are some patents that you have going to expire? Or do you need to do something to, to extend their life? And what about the team, the company team? How has it been affected by the pandemic? I mean, right now, there's such high demand for good quality leaders that your team might be under pressure. They might be getting recruited. Are you guaranteed to have your team throughout the whole strategic annual uh, process, the, the whole year of 2022? You may not. You need to consider that. So those are that's how you approach assumptions, is to look at all these different things and you list them. So then you set that aside now in, that you've given those things some consideration. And it's a great exercise because it sort of wakes you up as to what is going on in the world. So if you've been too busy answering emails and solving ad hoc problems, this helps you start creating a big picture. And so does the SWOT analysis, which we're going to move to next. But actually, we're going to talk about personal assumptions. So now let's take assumptions to the personal level. If you're creating your own personal plan, personal career plan, personal business plan, you know, what about your territory? Maybe you're a sales rep. So what about your territory size? Is it going to stay the same or is it going to change if your company is growing? What is your direct competition doing in your territory area? Or if you're a regional manager helping to lead six, seven, eight, nine sales reps, What's going on in your particular region from a competitive standpoint? How is your company's stability, new products, competitive stance, and pipeline going to affect how you work through the next year? What about contracts? Is your company keeping up on contracts so at least you have a license to hunt in your territory and in your region? Do you have time to gain knowledge, skills, and new tools to help keep you competitive against your um, competitive peers? Is your health going to be good all year? Or do you need to take some time off for a minor procedure? What about your family? Maybe you've got a baby on the horizon. That's definitely going to take time out of year. And you've got a plan for that. How are you going to get ahead of maybe your sales plan or your marketing plan prior to the baby being born? How much time are you going to take off what are you going to do strategically to be competitive, even though you're losing that time? You're gaining time with the family. That's a great thing, but you have to take that into consideration. Or another family priority could be, what if a, you have an elderly family person that is getting ill or elderly and they need support or help? We all hear about people that move just so they can take care of mom or dad. You know That could be your situation. And what about the compensation plan? How is that working for you? And how do you see that throughout the next year? Is it going to be fair for you? Is it something that you need to change either by getting a promotion or by moving on to a different company or moving along your career path? So those are personal assumptions to take into consideration. Okay, now we'll move into the SWOT analysis. Sorry for the fake out earlier. Okay, the SWOT analysis, as I said before, the four bullets are our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And the biggest threat to a SWOT analysis is lack of honesty. It's really important to be honest. 
you have to ditch the ivory tower mentality when you're doing this exercise. And that's where sometimes in some companies, people might interfere with the strength of a SWOT analysis because they're unrealistic about the various elements of a SWOT analysis. They think that they've got the greatest products in sliced bread and it has no weaknesses. And they're insulted if you bring up weaknesses. And that just creates a very tense and non-productive environment for doing a strategic plan. So it's important that people have to be honest and leave their feelings at the door. Let's start with strengths. And they're typically internally focused. So strength examples of strengths, <clears throat> if we look at the bullets on this particular slide, are assets. Like, do you have a super unique product with clear differential advantages supported by evidence? Do you have intellectual property? Another strength could be your market share or your market access. Maybe you've got a great sales organization and or distributor organization that has great access to company uh, to your customers and to prospective customers. Strategic partners, maybe you have one or more. What is your company good at? Like perhaps it's direct sales. Once you have a qualified process, you just have a great sales team. Or it could be the way you manage your hospital and government contracts. Could be your international distributor network. For example, let's say that you just happen to have the lead distributor in your product category in most of the major market countries around the world, you know, Brazil, France, um, Germany, England, India, and so on and so forth. If you have those leading distributors locked up, that is a strength. And does the company have unique resources, capabilities, or skills? For example, lower cost of goods or a real great connection with key opinion leaders. Those are all examples of strengths, and you can probably think of many more, but I think you get the point. So strengths are internally focused. And what we just talked about now are company strengths. Next, we're going to talk about strengths, looking at them from the personal standpoint. So if you're in a territory, if you're in a region, uh, managing a bunch of reps, you know, strengths could be your access to growth accounts, the, the organizations in your area that have the greatest amount of potential for growth, and you've got good access to them. It could be your virtual uh, skills tools are excellent. Maybe you've got a great CRM, and it really works to help you be successful, and you're good at it. You're good at using the CRM. Uh, do you have some time to improve? Do you have some time in the evenings or on the weekends to, let's say, uh, take a program or a course or something so you can study and improve your skills? Your knowledge of proof sources, maybe it's just outstanding. Your fitness is good, so you're not going to have a health problem throughout the year, and you've got fit, you're fit, you've got energy to really uh, be competitive in the field and pursue the daily grind, whether it's at the desk making virtual calls or it's in the field. And then finally, what about your current performance? If your current performance is strong, it's a good foundation for a strong performance going forward. So if it's strong, it's a strength. But just remember, what we list as strengths can also be weaknesses. And we're going to talk about weaknesses next. So we're going to look first at weaknesses from a 
corporate type of standpoint or company or functional standpoint. So what needs improvement? Is it your digital marketing, your sales process? Do you even have a formal sales process? Is it the way you prospect for customers to fill the funnel? What resources are you lacking? Do you have the budget or funding to launch a campaign or not? Um, do you maybe need clinical application specialists to support new customers? And you don't have any right now. So your sales team is wasting valuable time in the field training and installing product with customers. Perhaps your distribution channels weak, US and or international. Or your market and brand awareness is low. Um, or you're a one product company, which is always a dangerous situation to be in. Could be that you don't have great relationships with KOLs or your KOLs aren't the leading uh, KOLs because the competition has all the leading KOLs locked up. It could be poor contract management for government and the commercial accounts. Uh, maybe your manufacturing capacity is limited. So even though you have grown well over the last year or two, it could be that you're coming up, up against your manufacturing capacity. So further growth could be constrained. And finally, you could your product may have fewer claims that you can lean on in a competitive situation than the competition. So these are all examples of weaknesses. And I'm sure, again, you can think of more. But let's look at it on the personal side. And like I said before, what could be a strength could be a weakness. If you're really honest with yourself, are you, are you really effective at using the CRM at your company? If not, it's a weakness. Have you been good at using virtual skills and virtual tools? What about your knowledge of the contracts? So your company has a contracts to work in with several large hospital systems, let's say. Do you really understand those contracts inside and out so you can take advantage of them? and know how to work those contracts inside these hospital systems? Are your group presentation skills good? What's your age? You know, if you're older, some people look at that as a weakness. I don't particularly look at, one, look at it that way, but would other people view it as a weakness? And if it is, you know, that's what we'll talk about in the future here. It's a gap. How are you going to overcome that to make it less of a weakness? And again, fitness. If you're older, be fit. That's a way to level the playing field. And again, your current performance. If your current performance over the past year has not been that good, why? You have to think about why, because that's a gap and it's not a good foundation for going forward. Let's move on to opportunities. Opportunities are typically externally focused. And on this slide, we're going to talk about primarily those related to a corporate situation, a company situation, or functional. So an opportunity could be that you have a large market to participate in. So there's lots of opportunities, lots of, lots of sales targets. Or there could be a vulnerable market segment within that larger market that the big companies are not paying attention to. That could be an opportunity for you, especially if you're a smaller company and you're relying on some guerrilla marketing and sales tactics. Or it's a completely new uh, market, a, a new application of your product that could be a great opportunity. Or you have few or no competitors. 
um, maybe reimbursement starts this year. That would be a tremendous opportunity and worthwhile, worthy of an investment in marketing to take advantage of that reimbursement. Or is there a strength that can become an opportunity? So in one of the earlier slides on strengths, I indicated low cost of goods. Well, low cost of goods and manufacturing permits aggressive sampling. That could be an opportunity to help the sales team in very competitive situations. Uh, another opportunity could be a potential strategic partner or two. And then distribution add-on products. Maybe that's another one. If you're a one-product company and you'd like to have your salespeople have more reasons to open the door of a prospect, perhaps you find a, an interesting product overseas that is meant for the same product segment that you're calling on or the same marketing specialty that you're calling on. And you add it to your product line. You distribute it in the United States for that foreign company. Now you have more than one product. Let's look at opportunities from the personal standpoint. You know, can you get back to school? Is that an opportunity for you? You know, to get a more advanced degree or to get a, a secondary degree, or perhaps go to a professional seminar or two during the year that are conducted on weekends. If your company won't invest in, in those, perhaps you should invest in one. They can be real refreshing and motivating. But you might ask your company, and they may come up with the funds to support your participating in a professional seminar, seminar that's going to help make you um, a more productive leader and or sales rep, marketing person, manufacturing person, whatever function you're in. Another opportunity that you might have personally is a promotion due to company growth, or maybe even not due to company growth but promotions might be on the horizon. Is that realistic for you? And is it, some, is it an opportunity that you should be preparing for? Now, you know, we have a very active recruiting market, and that's another opportunity, is to move your career path over to a different company. And if you listen to my podcast um, a couple months ago with the folks at Legacy MedSearch, you'll understand what I mean, is that it's there's a lot of aggressive recruiting going out for good leaders, good salespeople, good marketing people, good leaders in any function. There's a lot of aggressive recruiting going on, and you could take advantage of that as long as it's the right one. And finally, you could create a mastermind group, which I mentioned before. That's an opportunity for you is to create a mastermind group of like-minded individuals that will support each other and sort of push each other to achieve objectives. Now, this slide we're moving into is threats. So it's the last of the SWATs, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And threats also are typically externally focused. And this first slide we're talking about really relates more to the company setting or functional setting. So what could hurt you? Cuts in reimbursement could hurt you. Unimpressive results of a clinical trial, a legal challenge to your intellectual property, all those things could hurt you. What about the competition? Is it in talks to be acquired by a, a market gorilla that's going to give them a lot more resources and make life much more difficult for you in the field, maybe by bundling products and creating a, 
a corporate accounts um, advantage that you don't have? Or is it a new technology that you're seeing on the horizon as you look at peer-reviewed journals where they're talking about the application of new technologies to solve you know, clinical problems in a market segment that you're involved in? Internal functional skills, you know, marketing, especially digital, national accounts, human resources, the size of your sales team, are, is, is there a threat there? in terms of not having the people that you need or the threat of losing those people. Regulations, you know, perhaps the delayed clearance of new claims. Um, A potential threat, for example, is the new MDR over in Europe, which makes it much more difficult to get CE clearance for a product and also difficult to change the classification of your product or upgrade your product. There are fewer um, notified bodies available to work with now, and the MDR process is more complicated. So that could be a threat. Funding, do you have the funds you need or are you trying to raise funds? And you know, you're just a small company. You may have a good product, but you just lack the funds for growth. So those are all threats that a company could be faced with as they're looking at putting together a strategic plan. If we look at the personal side, it could be perhaps if you're in the field, it could be changes to your territory due to company growth. They want to add more salespeople to stimulate greater sales and greater sales growth. Well, in a way, you could say that could be an opportunity, but it's also a threat if you're going to lose some of the accounts you've worked so hard for over the past year. And you might want to have a strategy so that you can proactively work with your boss to be sure you protect the accounts you really want to keep. Um, A management change could be a threat. You know, perhaps current management for you is great, but a management change, somebody new coming in as your boss could be a threat, depending on who that person is. Could be a family situation, which we talked about before. Um, And then a company acquisition. If your company gets acquired, that can be an opportunity, and it can also be a threat. And then of all things, climate change, you know, where are you located in the United States or in the world? And it's climate change affecting the number of productive days you really can have in the field. I mean, some of these storms and some of these climate events or the um, forest fire events have shut down large swaths of the country for weeks, and that could impact how you perform. So once we've cleared all the SWOT analysis and the assumptions, the result is that we start to identify opportunities and gaps. And so when I say opportunities, this goes back to what you saw in strengths and possibly weaknesses, if you can overcome a weakness, is it it could become an opportunity. So you want to look at what opportunities you have that can help your company achieve its key goals and objectives. So you want to look at those. You want to prioritize those. That's the first bullet. You want to assess if you have the resources to to execute on the priorities. And then you want to consider adding these to the key goals and objectives. Now, gaps are created by the weaknesses and threats that you're confronted with because they actually 
are getting in your way, whatever the weakness is or the threat is, it's something that can be a challenge to your ability to achieve your goals and objectives. So again, you want to prioritize according to how much they may interfere and then consider adding strategies and tactics that overcome these gaps that that fill them out. You want to consider adding those to your uh, key goals and objectives. And of course, you have to think about how much it costs to overcome these weaknesses and threats and to fulfill, you know, to, to clear out the gap. So that is the result of looking at your assumptions and looking at your SWOT analysis. And finally, we get the key goals and objectives, and they, they should be pretty straightforward. They should be quantifiable. And for most companies and even functions, you're going to be thinking about things like revenue and growth and market share. It could be, if you're a smaller company or an emerging company, it could be database size and quality, you know, if, if you're in a pre-launch situation, or it could be getting regulatory clearance in a pre-launch situation and making key personnel hires in a pre-launch situation, or it could be getting funds because you need funds so you can grow. That could be one of your key goals and objectives. So these, these can come from all the different functions may have their own view on what key goals and objectives should be. And so these are just some examples. If you look at it from the person, uh, you know, company-wide as an example, um, I, as I said before, it could be revenue. Let's say it's marketing and sales. It could be a, a X percent increase in qualified leads. Uh, another marketing and sales goal could be demand generation system of digital marketing, website, marketing automation and CRM all working together. It could be that you want to increase customer success by a certain percentage amount. In human resources, maybe you need to revise compensation to better compete with the market and not lose key people. In research and development, might be that you need to help add a key feature that the uh, customers have been asking for and has been revealed by the marketing and sales team. And then on regulatory, maybe you need to exp expand the claims uh, for one or more of your products. And manufacturing, perhaps it's to imp improve quality by X percent or improve output. So those could be all examples of company-wide key goals and objectives. On the personal side, maybe it's to increase income. You know, and to do that, you need to overachieve your sales plan or you need a career change. That would be how you would uh, get to increasing income. So those could be your goals or it could be career progress. That's a little different than income, career progress, you know, get a promotion, learn new sales and communication techniques, get some professional education to help buttress your you know, the, the way people look at you professionally within the company. Maybe it's personal financial progress. That's another area that you could look at. Like you want to invest 15% of your income. And then maybe you also need to review your investment strategy if you're going to do this. Those could be personal financial um, goals and objectives. Or it could be your own personal energy. Do you need to lose weight? Do you need to make time for fitness? You know, being fit and getting exercise creates energy. Maybe you need to make time for that. So those are examples 
on the personal side of a personal strategic plan of key goals and objectives. So there we've got it. We've covered everything in the discussion of in this in the discussion of the first three parts of the strategic plan, whether it's for a company, a function, or it is for you personally. And I can hear the gears in your minds turning. Even though we haven't gotten into strategies and tactics, you may already be thinking about the possibilities for 2022 and some of the challenges you need to overcome. Whether for your company, your function, your team, and or yourself, start the process. It's fun, morale building, and a good example of leadership. Thank you again for spending time with me today. Now go win your week.